Hello, everybody. Un cumbiazo to get this party going on episode 341 of Cantina MX Football Podcast. Liga MX has returned, and boy, we have a lot to unpack after La Jornada Una. And also, we cannot forget about the elephant in the room, the under-20 Mexican national team has been eliminated, and with that is a double whammy, which we're going to be talking about tonight. And uh, we're just going to go off on YouTube. We're live also on Twitter Spaces, so if you have the courage to speak up, just request to speak and we'll put you on. But Joel, how are we doing tonight? Joel has left the building. Hello? He's here. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Give me give me one minute. Oh, okay. No worries. Sorry. Sorry about that, lad. It's all good. We have the cumbiaso going. El Gigante de Hierro. Grupo Sonador, if you want to know. Nonetheless, we did have the first... Jornada of the season with Mazatlan kicking things off. Uh, not a bad way to start the season with six goals between Puebla and Mazatlan. 4-2 for the Super Camote power. And just a great way to start the season for Puebla with Larcamón still at the helm. When he has, I, th I think his stock fell because he was being touted as, you know, future coach of America. All these rumors that, you know, they were just waiting on him, which I found ridiculous. <laughs> it just didn't make any sense. Uh, and then that Chivas, Chivas might go after him and him and one or two of his Puebla players. And then even the national team, some some parts of the media were saying that he would be perfect to take over. Um, and well, last season he he didn't win the league, um, <laughs> and so here he is again, another season. I I know like one of the things for him has been that Puebla has sold off some of the players. Yeah. And teams like that, but, you know, they're modest. They're not always going to be able to hold on to their top talent. So that's that's always going to be the case. Uh, supposedly, he won, he wanted some reassurances that they would at least bring in talent so that, you know, he could challenge for something because I think he's ready to leave. And uh, I don't blame him, Jaime. Well, he got his contract extended, so I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. And they were able to score four goals against Mazatlan now. That's not saying much. Mazatlan have been sort of a shit show since they uh, replaced Morelia in uh, La Liga MX. But, I mean, I'm looking at their lineup with Nestor Vidrio, Alanis, Marco Fabian. This is like Chivas, like rejects over here at Mazatlan. <laughs> Uh, they're like from an alternate reality it's like the new Chivas uh, USA you know we send them <laughs> over there now it does feel like that 
<laughs> and Puebla with a bunch of nobodies are getting the job done. And let's not forget, they ended higher than Chivas last season, and and they did uh, get that that fifth that fifth position. So I mean, pretty impressive for a team that really doesn't have a a lot of big blockbuster names. No, now that you remind me, Chofis is in Mexico, in Guadalajara, nonetheless. Well, he has been, but now he's staying. And uh, Chivas just said that there's no room for him at the club. Oh, man. So I think Mazatlan would be a perfect fit, man. His buddies are there. I think <laughs> uh, they should just go after him. It's very early in the pod, but boy, yeah, there's a lot to talk about with Chivas. Uh, at home, this was the second game of La Jornada Una. Uh, they were unable to beat Juarez. They tied 0-0. Now, in their defense... Uh, we did have Cisneros score a goal off his face, but upon further review, uh, they actually said that he used his hand. So in the end, the, the goal was for not and, uh, Chivas to start the season, a zero, zero draw with the team that they really should be beating, uh, in Juarez. Yeah. Well, more, um, more with the striking woes was they're they're losing JJ Mack for the season. Yes, that was unfortunately um some very bad news for Chivas. It happened um after we had recorded actually. So this is news for everyone listening that uh yeah uh Macias is out for the for the entire season and like you know on Twitter there was a lot of messages of support and he even changed his uh his avatar to like somebody from uh Dragon Ball Z. I don't watch the show, so I don't understand the context. But he's basically like done for the rest of of the season. And in a World Cup year, that just that just really hurts, man. He had a chance. Yeah, he definitely was gonna you know, with, with the national team having goal scoring problems as well. He was definitely gonna be on the radar. Um, and he's been a player that's been called up before, and so yeah, it must it must hurt him, man. He's he's been he's been having some bad luck since he left since he left for Spain, because uh, he had been injured over there. That was one of the reasons. I don't know if he got injured over there or he was carrying the injury, but you know it affected his play over there as well. And and now he's looks like he's gonna be out for what like seven months i I think nine months up to nine Nine months months. yeah that is a tough one and i don't know man like obviously with this this huge blow to chivas uh you know they've been scrambling to try and find a replacement and you know you 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 hear some names being thrown out there like Henry martin who that's not a new rumor he's he was rumored earlier this season um, and now there's this new kid playing for Cincinnati, uh, Brandon Vasquez. I don't even know who, who the hell he is, but I guess he started scoring goals and all of a sudden, you know, he's starting to be linked to Chivas. Yeah, there is that desperation. They weren't able to... I dropped, I dropped the microphone. They weren't able to do much in the transfer season. Uh, nothing new there, but they tried going after Orbelin and 
they almost got him. They got the club to agree. The player just said, no, I'm mm -hmm. staying here. I'm staying put, which surprised me because the coach had just said, I don't, I don't want him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at that point, I'm like, all right, man, you know, what are you going to do, man? Uh, coach seems pretty, that's pretty straightforward. Um, so, yeah, it surprised me that he ended up deciding to stay on yeah, and and I do think he would have, uh, you know, I, I would just. It's always better to to get consistent playing time than to just be riding the pine or not even making it to the pine. Um, they went after him. There was other people rumored, but that's just been the case for Chivas. I know fans have been turning against the club and and. And making it seem like they don't want to spend money or that uh -huh. they don't have money. Uh, I don't think that's. The I don't case. know, man. I mean, what's the excuse then? That's that's the thing I don't understand. It's like the clubs clubs don't want to sell. Um, I, I just see like there's a lot of contradiction as as far as you know what's being said. You know, like for example, we have a situation right now where we we do need players, and. In the beginning, you know, players like um, Gael Sandoval, oh, he's not in our plans. And there's another player, too, that returned from loan. And, like, Dick Chain was like, nope, he's not in our plans. And they still haven't been able to, like, find a team for them. And they're like, you know what? You can join our training. So it's like – and then now with trophies, his loan expired with San Jose Earthquakes. And now he's basically, like – he's still technically our property. And – They've already discarded like, hey, no, he's not part of our plans. You know, he was yeah. se separated from the team due to like, you know, disciplinary issues. And he's not he's not in our plans. And it's like, OK, well, what are you doing to like at least use him as trading chips or, or do something? It's like it's just well, like that's a, the other thing. I mean, no, nobody wants to buy those players either. Uh, you know, it feels like a trade embargo. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. If they that know happened. something. They know something. It's just a way to attack the club, you know, to force their hand, uh, get them to agree to any type of deal would be to link up to a promoter or or whatnot. You know, it's a lot of business, dude. It's business more than anything at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but it, it, we've run the numbers before of like, there used to be about 80, 80 foreigners in the league any given season. And then once they changed the rules on the limit of foreigners, it went up to like 160, which is double the amount. And so once you get to 160, that doesn't mean that there's 60 more players in the league. It means that there's... 60 less Mexicans in the league. Yeah. So, you know, if you used to go to the store and there was, uh, you know, whatever amount, now you're cutting that almost in half. And so all the better players, the clubs just, you know, they're, they're very reluctant to, to let go if they have a, a really good player that's like uh, national team material. They just won't won't be so quick to, to sell them or trade them. And then the other fact is 
There's players that just don't want to go to Chivas. Uh, I mean, you can't really blame them. We've had a pretty bad track record as of late. What was that guy that went to Tigres? The Americanista, right? He said... Oh, Cordova. Then again, that is, that is an, then again, he is an Americanista, but there are more. There's been others like that that just decided they would rather play somewhere else. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's I mean, that's what's going on with it. And this is a this is not a, a Chivas issue. This is a universal issue across all the the entire sport. Like for example, Cristiano Ronaldo is is uh he's looking to get out of Manchester United because they're not playing in Champions League football anymore. And like this is part of like their contract. Like, hey, like I'm only signing here because you you guys are in the Champions League and the second you guys are not there, like I'm gonna be able to like opt out and 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 ask for a transfer. So, you know, this is just the reality of the situation. Is are do you want to go and compete for you know titles or do you want to compete for relegation? I mean, in Chivas, it's not an issue because you know there is no relegation right now. But I mean, I can't blame a player kind of like second guessing and and thinking twice about about wanting to to come to Chivas. It just seems like a lot of players just end up having a career suicide when they, when they come here. Ouch. Harsh. Harsh. <laughs> I mean, I think we should move on. Before we, uh... Yeah. Well, I think the last thing is like, <laughs> is it's like we have players in our gan- cantina and our, our cantera that I would just say, Hey, why not? Why not just give them the shot right now? We don't have a striker. We have Chevy Martinez. We have um, Sebastian Bouquet. There's players out there playing for Tapatio that why not give them a shot at the first team? Yeah, I think eventually that's that's going to end up happening. Uh, it's kind of is happening to an extent where they have six or seven youth. And I think ultimately they, they know there has to be a balance between youth and experienced players. And uh, we'll see. We'll see where the season leads. Um, it's it's you know as we talked about earlier, it's a doble jornada. It's going to be a you know quick fire season because of the of the World Cup. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it could be a wild ride for any club. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, they do have a double jornada coming up. Uh, not this week, but the week after. So they'll play on Wednesday. Um, moving on to other league uh, MX action. I think the other we talk about you. We got to talk about America. Um, they actually weren't able to beat the champions Atlas. It was a zero zero match for them as well. So really, not much you can say there. Um, wait, which one you said? I, I didn't Atlas hear. Uh, Ameri- uh, America. Ah uh, yes, ah uh, yes, zero zero, defending champions in America um, with Cabecita. I don't know if he got to play. I didn't see that game, but we we were talking about like the lack of Mexican players, and and you could kind of see it with America too. Uh, they went after Jurgen Dam, you know, pretty much MLS reject at this point, and so that that does kind of talk about of like what's going on in the league and it's going to tie into later 
our under 20 topic. Oh, man. It's funny. We, we talk about America and all of a sudden Ricardo's listening. Uh, what a coincidence. It's like, it's like a Beetlejuice. You say America three times and he, he appears. <laughs> yeah, feel free to chime in if, if you want to say something. Uh, I invited you to speak, Ricardo. But uh, yeah, with America, I mean, it's it's more about Atlas, the the current champions, just uh, being able to keep it a, a draw on the road. Uh, not a... Not a bad result for them, uh, needless to say. Um, but obviously with America, there's a lot of expectations. There's, you know, we have fans, delusional fans, saying that they're going for their 14th title this season. Um, there, was a, <laughs> there was a video that uh, David Feikenson, uh, t- uh tweeted about how, like, do these guys have nothing else to do? And they were showing, like, all the America fans looking uh, at the training. They, they were, like, they just got to see, like, the open training like, it was a, it's a, it's a lot of people. Man. It was like in the middle of the day, like during a work week, and it's just like like thousands of fans. Like <laughs> he's like, don't they have jobs? Like no, they don't have jobs. And like just by looking you know, at this but, video, I got I actually got my wallet stolen. <laughs> that comment that was funny. You, you know, in 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 Mexico, like a lot of places, Latin America, a lot of businesses close. Yeah. For like two hours, like in the, during the middle of the they day, they do have their siesta time. And so, that's that's part of the reason you have people that will end up just doing that. You know, I got two hours to kill, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go yeah. see the team. Right? The first time I went to make as a kid, I was really confused because, uh, like I want to say right around like noon or one p.m. I was just like, let me go down, let me go downtown and get like a soda and like some tacos or whatever, and like. <laughs> everything was closed bro like what is happening like everything was closed for like hours i'm like yo uh, I, it didn't happen to me in mexico because i would stay with with like family so they would like they would be like all right let's go and so yeah i was just hanging out with them so they kind of knew you know they knew the, the hours yeah, you kind of knew, um, like, hey, you're going to get anything done right now. Everyone's sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, I, I never experienced that when I when I would go for the summer because I would be with my cousins, and then, you know, I would just go when, when, when we would all go. But yeah. when I went to Argentina, I remember the first three days, four days, because there was a little store, like, right, right from where I was staying, like a little market. And I would always go around that time, and it was closed, dude. I was like, are they still asleep? Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> and, and like you said, I walk around to look. They go, something has to be open. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it took me a while to catch on, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to ask. I finally asked, dude. <laughs> you finally asked. Hey, uh, Ricardo, I'm not sure if you want to add any more to your uh, underwhelming performance against Atlas on Saturday. Yeah, at home. Buenas noches. <laughs> Welcome, our number one fan. Yes, yes. The Cantina Max number one super fan. You sound a little depressed, man. What happened? Are you guys not going for your 14th title this season? No, I just got home, but uh, as usual, the 
the descalificación with Joel and you insulting the Americanismo, but that's expected. <laughs> What's up with your fans, bro? They don't have jobs. They, they got nothing else to do. Just watch your team train all day. Okay, that's what, that's Azul Crema passion that people have savings and they, they'll, they'll do anything for America, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did you feel about their first performance of the season? 0-0 at home. Underwhelming performance, but we didn't have Araujo or Cabecita registered yet, so. Wow. Sounds like a personal yeah. problem. Yeah, kind of. Also, oh, when, when, when is Cabecita expected to play? The, this coming up week, this next yeah. game. Because Monterrey. Well, okay. Cause I, Los... do, I do think that was a good, a good, um, Signing a good signing, and I even said when he left that I was surprised that he went, you know, all the way to the Middle East. Because I'm like, a lot of these teams should have been, should have been gunning for him because he's he's just been he's been very lethal. So I. Oh yeah, he uses Liga MX defenses as his play toys. That's known. But like I said, underwhelming performance, and. We didn't have our refuerzos registered, but I'm not too surprised by the result. We did have to use a couple of our cantera. I'm not trusting the cantera, something Chivas doesn't do, but that's a conversation for another day. And uh, we start. Yes? No, like really quick that you were saying about this. We could see how things have changed because... To me, I, I don't think that's a bad result, given that mm-hmm. Atlas right now is the arguably, yeah, yeah the, the, the best team in the league, you know? And uh, you and, can say whatever you want about Atlas, but defensively, they're always sound. So, like I said, I'm not surprised by the result. I know, but, but see, see how things have changed? Because before, yeah, that would have been like, what? You, you couldn't beat Atlas? At, mm-hmm. at, you know, I heard you mention that about the refuerzos. And my boy, Iñárritu, my, t- my second tío, he mentioned <laughs> in an interview recently that these these, these Sudacas, these South American teams, they, they, they're real corrupt lately with America. They want to overcharge us, overprice us, like we're some peons, and that's not going to happen. That's why, if you noticed, America has been looking towards the European market more and more lately. I don't know, man. I think nowadays the big draw is uh, Monterrey. Equipo Chico, Not too worried about them. They did steal a couple guys that I wanted, but everyone has a price. Like that Uruguayo Aguirre, I thought he would have been perfect for America, but we got that. We got that loser Vanos running things. So he and I I listened to another interview and they say that his wife is in cahoots with my my other Tio Ascarraga's wife. So I don't oh, think he's not gonna lose his job anytime soon. I had heard, yeah, like there's some type of relation like like yeah. relatives, right? And you know those wife those wifey relations, they're hard to break. Especially yeah. when they're besties. 
Well, that's that's similar with like Leaño, where he's, mm -hmm. he's and he has those ties that are like family ties. Mm -hmm. uh, you, but going back to the America game, I was real. The result was underwhelming, but I was really impressed by our by our uh, center back, our young center back Lara. He held his own against El Negro Quinones. He pretty much had uh, locked him down for most of the game. And that's that is very noteworthy because that guy is one of the best players in the league. He's mm -hmm. been yeah, he had a he had a good game, and uh, Dano trusted uh, Mosumbito, our new the new future America legend. <laughs> our new uh, look, listen, I'm saying it right now. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Sagi hybrid with Lukaku. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is I wouldn't be surprised if he does turn out as of the next Sagi and Lukaku, if that makes but any sense. Sagi was kind of tronco, man. He, he 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 did good, like, in Gold Cups. And then, mm -hmm. like, at the end of, and in the league, he was really good. But You talking about Iker Moreno? No, the strike, our striker, the El Prietito, El Mosumbito. Mosumbito. Wait, what's the name? Uh, Martinez. Uh, what's his name? I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting his first name, but uh, he, he's really brown. He's from the barrio, so I trust him. Why is he, why is he number 200? His morro prieto con mucho barrio. Oh, yeah. Le sobra barrio. Mm-hmm. You know me, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's not, I'm it's not Roger Martinez, right? It's another Martinez. No, he got, he got injured. Too bad he got injured. Wink, wink. <laughs> but, uh, no, but that that kid has a lot of. He didn't score, but he has a lot of qualities that I like. He's uh, he his hold the plays good, and he's he like I said, he hasn't scored, but he. I watched him in a couple in those friendlies, and. uh He's he's a pretty good decision decision maker when he's inside the box. So Do you know how old he is? He's about nineteen. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, see. And he's dude. He's, I cannot he, find this guy. He's shown way more than the el, el troncazo de Hen, Henry Martin and. Uh, so that's why you guys trying to send him to Chivas. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm send the bultos, man. I can. As, right, as we speak, I'm calling my tío Scarraga. <laughs> and I'm telling them to sell him. We'll we'll send you guys a two for one package. We'll send you <laughs> El Patas de Raqueta, Henry Martin, and uh, el, hijo, el otro hijo de Papi Layun. Two for one special. Like, I uh, I actually have thought that I do see like like that happening. She was in America, uh, just uh, negotiating more, but just because they're I've not. Mm -hmm. Just you know, like in the past, it was kind of looked down. Mm -hmm. but I think a lot has changed now, and there's just like scarcity of players. So like, and let's left, let's like, be honest, well, Chivas has been struggling to produce players. Also, yes, that that Their is true. Their has been shit. <laughs> they have uh, lately, but it's 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 the results are still up in the air. So. We'll see what Look, happens. Um, we still have some studs on the team. We still have uh, Nene but, Beltran. But not, not to the point where mm, they were yeah. back, back 
like in 05 or 06 around that time when would you, would you guys say he a lot of these guys going to Europe and mm-hmm. and being selection like n- none of the Chivas youth right now are none of them have solidified like, themselves right like, so like exactly they're we just have promesas mm-hmm. empty promises too <laughs> I mean, a lot. I noticed a lot of people on Twitter complaining about that. That you guys might get Henry, and I'm we don't like, want him. <laughs> I actually like him. Uh, I I think he would fit nicely. I mean, you guys like to talk about the well, not you guys, but uh, people like to talk about that uh, that bronze medal performance that that he was in the Olympics with the those Chivas players, and they clicked right. I don't know. I personally feel like I'd rather go to our cantera. I'd rather go with Chevy Martinez or somebody else. I, I I don't feel like Martin would do much for us. He's a step up from from Saldivar, you know. But even a traffic cone out there would be a better step up than Saldivar. He's just that guy needs to get sent packing. If anyone, you, you guys need to you guys just need to pay up and just take him away from us. <laughs> we don't need him either. <laughs> but, but we don't accept Chiva Bonos or or IOUs. We need cold hard cash, man, so we can bring our refuerzos, all right? After, after everything that happened with Orbelin, I think I think that's like a peace offering where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we sent you trash, dude, so here. Yeah, yeah. You guys, we're, still, we're still paying for that mistake. Even though he was free, he still cost us like two million a year, dog. I'm just glad my guy got. I'm just glad my guy Oribe got paid and he retired. <laughs> um, yeah. So I for, I totally forgot Jonah was on America. He's still playing, huh? He had. Now that you mentioned him, he had a pretty good game. I'm I'm like defensively, like uh, like he held his own. But I don't want him on the team either. Another borracho that we don't need. But yeah. the game, it is what it is. We got the one point. And like Joel mentioned, they are the bicampeon. And it's hard to look against these guys. I'm, I was just more impressed by that kid, Lara. He showed out to me. And I liked how, I liked that, that striker, Martinez, that we were using. I see a lot of qualities in him. Mm. What's up with Ochoa complaining about uh, streaming? Was not a fan of it. Oh, I seen that they were talking. They made the the Mexican fan Mexican Twitter was complaining about that, about how well they they have to pay for all those streaming services. Yeah, to he's, watch football. He said in Mexico, it's hard for like the fans to watch the games because you have to stream everything now. I watch every. I I got football TV. I watch everything. I'm good to go. I don't know about them. Yeah, Mexico. It's a little bit different because not mm-hmm. number one, the internet over there is trash. Number two, it's just like you know, most people like watch it like on the television yeah. uh, or at a bar or like you know at a setting where you can just subscribe to it via like Sky or you know like uh, some kind of satellite subscription or whatever. And it's it is a lot more difficult now. I can't imagine how it is out there, but. Yeah, that's that's the facts. Um, and they're used to watching it on Televisa and Azteca too, right? I mean, 
Yeah. Yeah, for years, for a lot of years, I was, it was one or the mm. other. And I understand why they're complaining, because, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of people in Mexico can't afford that all that crap. They're trying to sell stuff over there like it's over here in the U.S. Like yep. we got, they're trying to, it's like over, like over here, I hear people complaining about HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, and all these streaming services, right? Like, I don't really get the plan to try to sell tr them trying to package Mexican soccer over there. Like, it, like the money, like Hoyle always mentioned, the, the money for them is over here. Yeah. Like, they should yeah. be trying to do that. They're try they should be trying to get the TV rights and all that over here and let them watch it on Azteca and Televisa, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it comes down to a lot of the teams where, like, ultimately, like, they get offered more money. So before, the smaller teams would get offered almost nothing. But then some of these streaming services come along and they'll start, like, picking it apart. And then it's more than one service. And next thing you know, it's like, uh, it's all over the place now. It's not just choose one or the other. There's like four or five. And so even though you don't like um, whatever team, it could be Mazatlan. But if your team is playing them, you know, then you, you and in the road game, you're not going to be able to see it. Mm. And then that's the sort of where they catch you, man. Which is really quick. And if they have mm -hmm. two or three teams like that, that's now like three games that you're going to miss. Mm -hmm. And if they get to play in the Villa, that's another game. And so that's, that's kind of where they, where they'll get their investment. Yeah. So, uh, David went on Twitter and said Chivas is the biggest team, Michael and Ochoa blocked him after that. So, Good on Ochoa. <laughs> I, I think uh, Faitelson, he's the biggest Americanista out of all. Man, he even admitted to it. He's just, this is a shtick. This is how he gets his followers, his clicks. He's he's a bigger Americanista than I am. Oh shit! It's true. It, it is known. Breaking news: Tecatito is headed to the MLS. Jeez, Seriously? man, this is this is terrible. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? Uh, I don't know if this is like a legit source, but uh, it says he's flying out to Nashville, Tennessee on Friday. Oh man, he should he he should just retire. Who's reporting <laughs> it? Uh, some random dude. Well, come on, man. Is it, is it that dork <laughs> with the mustache? So. Maybe, maybe His name is him. uh Travis, and he's uh Travis Clayton. Travis. I don't know. He's like a Nashville fan. He's a reporter from from over there. I don't know, man. Uh, MLS is the biggest. It's like a hematoma on the side. I think. I think it's. I think it's not. I think it's a full of shit. Actually, I don't think it's real. You're Umo? trolling us, Jaime. I don't know, man. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, like, it's, fun, it's funny you guys mentioned MLS because 
I was driving back home on the weekend, and uh, I happened to see that little stupid display that they did with Hector Herrera, the Houston, the sh- my shitty Houston Dynamo. Uh-huh. They're, they're making, like, a stupid little video, and people, there's, like, 20 people there and a couple of people with cameras. They're trying to make it seem like, like he's a superstar or something, and I just happened to drive by, and I honked. But but I thought they, they maybe they thought it was a hunk of approval, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was my disdain for MLS and him retiring and quitting on Mexico. I mean, he's pretty old now, right? Let's not forget this guy. Like I, like I used to love this guy, but as soon as I remember that second Gold Cup when they played it in Las Vegas, the one they lost one now. Uh huh. By the by, another set piece, USA bunker ball goal, right? And uh, after the game, he said, "Oh, it doesn't matter if we won or lost. They're they're always gonna they're always gonna criticize us." It's well, true. yeah, yeah, Hector, that's the point of sports, man. You get criticized if you win, or I mean, if you lose. It it all can't be ice creams and cherries on top, man. It's. Part of your job is to deal with yeah. that, that criticism. Um, I I do I will say uh, when I went to the I went to the, I went to both I went to the Nations League one and I went to the Gold Cup final and, and you know lost both times and mm-hmm. uh, they they looked pissed out there they looked pissed and but they did give USA respect and they did wait for them to receive the trophy before they walked off the pitch. So mm-hmm. there's still that respect there, but you could tell that they were fuming. Um, and I don't know if might as well just bring this up now, you know, um, with, with the under 20 Mexico team crashing out against Guatemala, uh, they've been eliminated from both the under 20 world cup and the, uh, Olympics. So it's just been like a really bad year for, for Mexico and, this is where everybody starts to pile on on social media and all the j- journalism and reporting. Like, oh, this is the end of the world. This is, you know, the this- fear mongering. <laughs> yeah. But Joel, what, what's your take on on that that double whammy? The selection. Yeah. The selection losing. Uh, it's just one of those games, man. It's it's a one off. That's what makes it. You know, it's, it's part of what makes it exciting. You could have a bad night, which happened to El Tri. Uh, they, a lot of these players choked because it's a team that had about, um, I think, 19 goals, four and zero against by the time they, they reached the game against, um, against Guatemala. I know, I know the group stage, they finished it with 13 I don't know the other, if it was one or two before they played it. I think one. Uh, regardless, you know, it, it, it's not like they were, they were, you know, it's a team that had been looking bad. It was it was that one game where they made a mistake. What that takes the lead. Mex pretty much dominated the whole, the whole, the rest of the game. And then they, they tied it. And then they had the chance to, to, um, to, to win, like late in the game with the penalty kick. And it was a poor shot, the goalie block it. And they ended up missing, what was it, four or five penalty kicks? Mm-hmm. 
it was just bad. I mean, the team just crumbled. Uh, we've seen it before. Um, and I think it was against Guatemala as well. This for Olympic with Hugo, right? Yes, with Hugo Sanchez where they had that one bad game. But mm -hmm. then they they beat Trinidad, but then Guatemala sort of, they threw their game, I think was it against Canada, where they, where they let they, they let the Canadians golearlo so that, you know, kind of forced Mexico to have to win by a large margin, which <laughs> didn't happen. And and that team crashed out uh, and go to Olympics. And so, but I, I do think because they they sort of made that qualifier a two and one, so it's like it would also serve as to qualify for the Olympics. So under 20 World Cup and Olympics, so Mexico got knocked out of the two tournaments. That's a tough one to swallow. <laughs> and and that just, you know, chicken little, sky is falling, uh, just over-exaggerating. I do think a large part of the media is exaggerating, mm -hmm. talking about the dark days and, and all of that. <laughs> And it's it's youth tournaments. Uh, Mexico spent years not even going to them or doing piss poor, and their and their results at the senior level not very different from what we have now. The mm -hmm. team that had the Atlas Golden Generation with Rafa Marquez, um, Cepeda, and some of these other guys. That team didn't make it to the Olympics. Uh, they ended up getting eliminated in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I think they lost to Honduras. Not, nothing really happened, you know, at the, at the senior level. They, they, they still went on and had their careers. Um, so I do think it's, it's like an exaggeration. And, 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 but, but for me, like, at least some people would pay attention to like, the, lack of, the lack of talent, like the lack of youth. I, I do think it was talented team. It was just, you know, probably needed players that are more um, established. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just feel like uh should be a wake-up call for the national team, but nothing's going to change. You know, I think we're just getting to that point of being comfortable and putting out the most minimum effort to get the most maximum paycheck. Well, there, there has been changes because I think when I think that when us that when Mexico lost to to Honduras, that one with Marquez, that one team, I think it was that it was in that when like in, around that time when all the selecciones failed, they they all failed to make their youth tournaments. And so the FMF, they put more money into youth and they created the, the under 15, like an under 15 team. Uh, that's the one where Chucho Ramirez was in charge. So it, it was like split because uh, Burrillo Azcárraga is related to the America Azcárragas, but he owned, he owned Atlante and he, he, um, he hired Chucho Ramirez and he, he funded that under 15. And uh, I don't know who it was, man. Um, in the FMF, they brought over um, the Grondona, the, the son of Grondona, who was the 
the president of AFA for many years, vice president of FIFA. I confuse their names because the head honcho, I don't know if his name was Humberto, and I think his son was Hugo. And they hired his son, dude. And the son was just like, he's just kind of trash, dude, without due respect. Because you could go see like Argentina back when they were youth, when you had like like a Messi and you had um, an Aguero when they were like in the youth teams. And a lot of those had been built up by uh, Peckerman, Mr. Peckerman, and they were just... Mm. They were just winning everything, man. They were a machine at the youth levels. And then uh, this dude Grondona takes over, and dude, they turn to trash. So he he um he was coaching the youth teams, and they, they looked pretty bad. And they they sacked him because he um I think was he looked really bad in the under twenties. And you already had this dude, uh, Chucho, who was kind of left untouched because he was like not really part of the system. And he's the guy that ended up, they, uh, you know, helping Mexico win that, that all, all, all the, that 117 World Cup in 05. Uh, and that was, that was kind of interesting how all of that played out, you know, through that. And then, but, but like, I, I, you know, like as a consequence for that, we did see from then on, um, the Mexican uh, youth teams become more, take a lot of these tournaments more serious. And they became more competitive to the point of gold medal, bronze medal, another under 17, uh, even hosting a under 17. I do think they should try to host an under 20. Um, so yeah, there, there's been changes. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to come of this, but I, I do feel they're going to, they're going to um, look to, to fix, fix whatever is broken. I, you know, one thing I heard, I, I can't remember where I heard it, where they, oh yeah, I did, I can't remember now. Uh, who was it, the guy they had? They had one of these guys in spicy soccer, Fútbol Picante, and he was saying that the club's job is not to, is not to make players for the Selección, which technically, yes, he is correct, but, but then um, Selección, can have their own, like, academy, you know, for what it's worth. Like, like the French national team had, had their own academy. I think they still have it. All I know is but, France has been pumping out players like crazy, dog. <laughs> they do, but they do have a, they have their own academy. I, I, the Claire Fontaine, I think it's called. And that's, uh, that's kind of helped with the youth. Mm-hmm. We gotta hope that uh, Gignac pumps out some more Mexican babies so we can conquer the just world the, in twenty years. You just wanna, you just wanna them like a bull and send them to different states to to impregnate or what? <laughs> you know, you know, Jaime. The thing is, it's rarely you see the sons of uh, footballers. It's not that many. That uh, so like succeed? Can, you mean? Yeah, or even, or even, or even get to match, you know. Get, yeah. get to, like I remember, um, they might end up like Magic Johnson's son, you know, just. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jordi Cruyff, you guys remember Jordi Cruyff? No. The son of George of uh, uh, Johan Cruyff. I didn't even know he had a son. Barcelona, yeah. See. Oh, oh see? what about Hugo's son? 
No, man. Did he die? His, his primos. Yeah, Ricardo is going dark. No, I, I didn't mean to go. With that. <laughs> I, I just, I, I was just mentioning that he had a son that played for Pumas. <laughs> I think the only one that was like that had a successful career that came from a family of footballers was Chicharito, right? I mean, no, there's there's a few, but it's not there's not. Well, not I think that like he, he was like I the mean, most successful out of all of them. Yeah, I think he is the example. He was more successful than his his grandfather yeah. and his dad. Like, there hasn't been a player that's been let's say a freaking Rafa Marquez's son like if he has a son right that he plays for Atlas like like it'll be incredible if he would surpass what yeah. Rafa did but everyone knows that's not gonna happen like it's very rare for the son to you think Ronaldo's son will will have a career nah. I, I go with this quote I got from and I said it here I don't know which podcast number Batistuta when he's being interviewed oh yeah if his sons they play soccer and he said they do and he says, Do you think they're gonna they're gonna make it? And he, he shook his head. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, Why don't you think so? And he said, Because they're not hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, and men like, Well yeah, they have everything, dude. They have, you know, they're growing up with all the luxury. Hijos that, de papi. <laughs> I don't know about that, but just, just like does, that that kid that missed a penalty that that for that for that game against Guatemala, Marcelo Flores. Yeah. No, the oh. the the one the, the one from America, that Lozano, that kid that missed it in the last minutes. Es un hijo de papi. Oh damn! But, uh, oh, you know who I'm has good. the the most pressure out of all the like sons of footballers? Aguero's kid, because his. <laughs> His, Possibly yes. His grandfather Maradona and his his godfather Messi, and his dad Aguero. Damn, man. <laughs> the holy trinity, just, dog. Like, yeah, he should like, he should choose like, a different sport. On name alone, he should be good. Huh? Just on the name. That's crazy. But, but going back to what you guys are talking about about that under twenty, like let me preface like you. You guys probably don't remember, but anytime you guys bring up that Olympics or youth and all that, to me, me, Ricardo, Cantina, MX number one fan, I don't count that. I don't care about it. But I know they do, right? And it is a fracaso. There's no way to go around, any way to paint it any other way. It is against Guatemala, right? But I do think it's a lot of fear-mongering that the Mexican media does. And let's be honest, like, anytime Mexico plays these crap countries or teams, this is their Super Bowl, man. They go all out. They go, they put the extra. It's their, when they die, they get to say, oh, I played Mexico in the youth tournament. Like, <laughs> let's not gloss over that. And it's true. Like, I'll give you they an They celebrate it like, like it's like a World Cup victory. It's, it's true, though, Jaime. I mean, let's put the USA, for example. I mean, they beat. They beat Mexico, right? And then they go out and they play El Salvador and they tie. Like, what would you call that? Or they lose against Canada or they tie against another another Central American team. Like, they go all out against Mexico. And I know it's arrogant to say, but it's the truth. It's, people gloss over that fact, but I think that's the main factor. And also... 
I think that these, I don't want to be that guy, but I, I noticed that a lot of the, this youth turn, because the only, I only, I only found out about this game because I was waiting for the Toluca game. I'm no, I was watching Libertadores and I, I, I was on flipping on Fubo TV and I happened to see that it was on because I don't care about youth tournaments, but I, I just happened to see and I watched it. But a lot of these players on this team, they're bochos, man. You guys don't think that maybe there's a language barrier there? That because the Mexican player in general, like when you see them play, they don't like. For instance, when I watch the RG teams or on Libertadores or whatever, like you'd always hear them screaming out like "Hey, anda peloton" or whatever they say. Those funny words they use. Peloton. Yeah. <laughs> Peloton, big, whatever they say. And, yeah, like, I think, (laughs) and also I just think they just shit, they shat the bed, man. Like, what team misses four penalties in, like, in a game like that? And I think penalties are, like, it's mostly mental. Don't you guys agree? Yeah, it is. It is to an extent because I will play shot. Goalkeeper's never going to stop it. And, and, and then I, I was waiting for the Toluca game to start on Friday, right? Because I got home early on Friday. Cause I, and I was waiting, for, and they, they canceled it, obviously. And I was, I was on full TV again, and I happened to see that Guatemala was playing. Because then all the reporters were saying, oh, look, CONCACAF is growing. The, all these teams are taking, are, are taking youth serious and this and that. And I, I happened to see the end of the game. They were playing a... Republica Dominicana and the teams it was it was like tied 2-2 and it was a shit game and like the previous uh idea that I mentioned earlier like these guys they only they only show out when they play Mexico when they play another team the hunger's not there and they just they show their they show their true colors that they're a shit CONCACAF team Oh, I think I got a, a sound clip of uh, some of the Bocho players playing uh, that game. Pinocchio. Father, when can I leave to be on my own? I've got... <laughs> you guys don't remember that meme? Oh, Not man. really. Father, when can I leave to be on my own? I've got... <laughs> Uh, they did a trailer for Pinocchio and uh, Polly Shore did the voice of Pinocchio and that was like one of the funniest parts of it and like it's just been a meme ever since mm. <laughs> damn I didn't know it was him <laughs> I know man Polly we're gonna see no man oh man but I mean there might be a language barrier I know Marcelo Flores talked about that like you know he doesn't speak mm-hmm. fluently and I mean Maybe he didn't understand when they said "pendejo." Don't take the back penalty, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he did. And... And, and also, I wanted to mention. Uh, Joel mentioned earlier. Uh, my, uh, me, uh, what's his name? The guy from Chivas that they fired. The the guy that wanted to be. Uh, Leano. <laughs> uh, there's this quote. Like this, where it's the Mexican media's fault too, because they with hold like information from the people too man like this their coach like this guy he lives in spain he doesn't even watch like these kids play for their teams or whatever 
they were saying you guys you guys noticed that there wasn't any Chivas players on there, right? On that team? On the under twenty, you mean? Yeah. And uh, I was listening to these reporters. Uh, they were talking. They had a space right after the game, and they were talking about how is that that coach that Luis Perez. He he's uh, he's buddy with uh with Torrado. That's how he got the job. Uh... And uh, he's buddy. He's buddies with them, and he didn't know who that kid that that kid for Chivas that the that Perez Buquet. Buquet. He didn't know who the hell he was until like the like before they went to Honduras. Wow! Like he brought him in for like to work out for like a week. Like he didn't know who the hell he was. Like this guy lives in Spain, and he was he didn't know any of the Mexican players. They're saying that he's the reason that uh, that Loco Abreu's kid he didn't choose Mexico because he would fight with all the all the dual national kids. Uh... So this guy's another Marcelo Michel. There's a bunch of nepotism in the Mexican in the Mexican Fed. Like I'm all for blaming the Mexican players because they're unprofessional as shit and they suck. But but these guys, they everything can't be business, man. Like some of it has to be sport. Like you gotta, you just can't try to make money out of everything, you know. That's, yeah, that's well, how they I mean, run. That's I, how they I run think, sport. I think part of it is. You know the the regen, the like the menosprecio. Mm-hmm. They downplay it and and they make it seem easier than it is. And for the most part, his record was good. And then, if the team crashed when it mattered, you know the the most important game, because that would have given them the qualification, and that's when they cho- when they choked. Mm-hmm. So, but I I um I do think once I think after the World Cup. There'll probably be a shakedown. Um, I don't know if if uh, Torrado and I forget the other dude's name. Um, shit, I know his name. I just forget it. Something with an M, right? No, no, the the he's from the Federacion, from the, uh, John De Luisa. Oh, yeah, oh, John. Yeah. Yeah, those two dudes are the ones running the show, mm-hmm. and so. You, we kind of always see that after the World Cups where they'll, they'll just kind of replace everyone. Luis Perez, our 2012 bombazo de Chivas. We're talking about the same Luis Perez? The coach? Yeah. Well, he, they made a big deal about him being in Spain and studying with Madrid for like six years or whatever. He was... Uh, when he retired, he became the assistant coach of Toledo. Hey, there you go, Toledo. Yeah, yeah, Toledo. Which they're in the third division, so mm-hmm. not not impressive. Um, well, see, wait, wait, I just have to mention this right away because that's something I see a lot of fans cry about. How they say that they say that the coaching in Mexico is outdated, and how you know. They need to go to Europe. This, you're right. This, oh, this, you're this, right. Go to Europe. So, uh, what's the excuse now, man? No, <laughs> no you're right, Hall. and you're you're absolutely right. And I'm 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 yes, doing, you're talking when you mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, I'm the I'm that guy. Oh, I'm that calling them out. Yeah. Oh man, no, I, I there's a couple people that that, and but see, 
he just this was like his first tournament. So, do you want to bury this dude? I'll you know why I'll bury him because he jumped over the line because there was a guy before him that was in line. You guys remember like it, Jimmy was the guy in charge of these guys. Oh, was the that's last right. Coach, right? And they overlooked the guy under him to hire him. This guy, this guy, just because he's buddies with Torrado. So I will bury his ass. Wait, but Jimmy's coaching uh, Liga Mekis now. No, yeah, I'm saying that uh, when he was still when he after he won the bronze medal, like he after he left, another there was a different guy that was supposed to take that spot, right? Oh, and they gave it to this guy just because he studied in Spain for six years. Yeah, and he was buddies with Torrado, but I. I agree with you, Paul. Like we shit on these coaches for not like going after their com- going, uh, uh, going away from their comfort zone, right? But yeah, well, they didn't fire him, so it's like yeah, he's still around. Yeah, but you... this, but this guy needs to realize like you're coming to coach Concacaf kids, man. Not real Madrid youth or Toledo youth or Spanish youth. Like it's. I'm not saying soccer is the same everywhere, but uh-huh. I, I do. I do think though, if he was living in Spain, I do think that that was on the Federación, where they should have, you know, it's... like you have to you have to live here if you're going to be coaching the youth team, mm-hmm. and you you have to be here so that you know you could go to the games or you could follow them up or whatever. It says he's been, he's been coaching under 17 since 2020, and then he got the promotion of 20, uh, the under 20 in 2021. So he's been around for a while. But I'm he's, sh- he's a pecho frio to me now. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking about Spain, there is a pretty saucy friendly between Pumas and Barcelona. Are we excited about this? Yeah. No. Maybe Puma fans, you know, and they they cut their big what was it? Teresa Herrera or something? But didn't they say Atlas turned it down? Damn. The game for against Barcelona? Like they're taking scraps from Atlas. I'm pretty sure nobody knows who the hell Atlas is outside of No, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I don't. Chico, nobody knows about him. Wait, so what's the, what's the story with Pumas? They beat Real Madrid in Madrid. Is that the story? Yes. Yeah, Madrid has a like a friendly game, and it's like they they have a cup that they play for that game. It's like a one-off, mm. and uh, that's when Hugo Sanchez was the coach. They invited them. I remember that game. And they ended up beating them. Wasn't it a shot from outside the? Mm. Yeah. outside the box bro we, we're over here criticizing all the Central American teams about winning some meaningless game and we're, we're still talking about the one time who mm. must beat Madrid in a friendly that is insignificant bro it's like well no but it was not that insignificant to them it's sort of like their start of the season and it's like you're not supposed to lose to a Pumas you know it's like, um, have you guys seen that movie, The Fighter, where like Mickey Ward's brother keeps bringing up the fact that he he knocked out um, Sugar, Shade, Sugar Ray Leonard. Sugar Ray yeah. Leonard. He like <laughs> he, he like just held on to that for the rest of his like I knocked out Sugar Ray Leonard. Mm-hmm. Like okay. no, knocked him down, not not knocked out. Knocked down, yeah. But he's saying that he he slipped, no. Yeah, he slipped. Yeah. He might have slipped. 
kind of like me, I would have made it to America, but my ankle slipped and I couldn't run the same, you know? It looks like Al Pastor cannot stay quiet no longer. So what you got for us, Pastor? Welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Well, hope you're having a good night. I just wanted to chime in real quick on Pumas. Uh, they lost versus Aprisas, uh versus the CONCACAF Champions League, and they lost against Seattle. But they beat Madrid, so those pinches torneos that don't matter, they win. But when it comes to the truth, valen madres. That's all I wanted to say. You're right. Can't disagree with you. Wow. That's a very, very astute observation there. They they were the ones that that broke the streak. We cannot forgive them for, for that happening. Broke the streak twice. Twice. Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Twice. But who knows? Maybe they'll they'll give Barcelona some trouble. Barcelona having financial troubles. They still can't clear the two players that they signed because of wages. And uh, Manchester United is trying to get Frankie de Jong, but they still owe him like $17 million in wages. So it's like, it's just a shit show, man. When things are going bad for uh, Chivas, I'm like, at least it's not as bad as Barcelona. Do you see what Byron reportedly said about Barcelona? That that they want Lewandowski money up front because they don't think they're going to be around for another two years financially. They sold uh, 10% of their rights, uh, TV rights, to some company for the next 25 years just to clear up some debt and, like, get the... God damn, they're broke, bro. ...current signings on page. Like, Barcelona's struggling. They're broke, Would you say they're Chivas, bro? MC Hammer, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I could probably... I might say they're a little worse than Chivas. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, they have more money. I think the difference with Barca is, like, they owe a lot of money. Whereas Chivas... they owe money. I would say, whereas Chivas, we're probably just, like, even. Probably have nothing in the in the coffers, just just spiderwebs and and Chivas TV money. <laughs> makes me nuts. The, the thing is that I think what hurts them is having the stadium. Uh, I always thought that was a mistake building uh, the zombie life. Well, I'll tell you why because they used to share the stadium, the Jalisco, and so the thing is, once you own a stadium, first they went in debt. So it could get built. But then after that, so you own the stadium. Now you have to pay for stadium upkeep. Mm-hmm. You know? And then it's, it's a, a, they've gone years where they don't sell it out. What so they, now you're paying. What they should have done is they should have kicked out Atlas and been like, we're going to, this is, you're going to have to find a new home. That's what they should have <laughs> done. They would have to take over Clubes Sonidos, and I don't think uh, I don't think they would have. I don't know how that would have. I don't know if that would have been possible. Who knows? But no, it's man. it's, it's one of the best stadiums in in Mexico, bro. There's no it is no, it is, re- but no regret. But see, it's like it's like uh, they would have saved so much money had they not built that stadium, and then having to pay. And then I think they had to also pay for, to get the road going over there. Yeah, but mm. it's, it's no money out of our pockets, bro. This is, this is the biggest team in Mexico. Money out of Chihuahua's pockets. A lot of money out of their pockets, man. Uh, and also, owning your own stadiums is a great thing because 
like all the things that they rented out for like Pinchy Coldplay and all that, like they bring that money in. Shakira tournament and, uh, concerts. Yeah, instead of it going to a random stadium owner. The problem with Chivas is that they don't know how to manage it well. So that's El Pedo. But like Juventus, I think one of the reasons Juventus is so successful in Serie A, they're one of the few teams that owns their stadium. So all that money goes to their pocket. Yeah, I'm not saying they shouldn't own a stadium. I just don't think when they had it built, everything, I don't think they were at the right moment to do all of that. So I felt like their timing was off. And I don't think she was, all that money they spent, I felt they could have spent it in having a very competitive team and they would have been way more successful. And the more successful you are, you you ultimately attract more sponsors, more things. And then it was like a presurado because they built it there because Vergara owned the land. But it was mm-hmm. like in a bad it was in a bad part of the city. Um very similar to when the Galaxy started and they were all the way in Pasadena. And so for a lot of people it seemed like way off. And it was just a really big stadium and so if they had like twenty K, it looked empty. <laughs> And it's just a huge stadium, so it was not working for them. Once they moved to Carson, and now it's packed, and it's a whole different ball game. Uh, so, but but I do think they should have been more more uh, methodical about like, okay, where where can we put the stadium, or where will be a key place? And they didn't do that because where they built it, Vergara thought he was going to have like. A, Hotels like, and shopping yeah, centers and museums, commercial development. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and that never happened. Nothing of that got off the ground. So you just kind of have that over there. It's and in the middle was, of nowhere. I will say that. Yeah, see, that's the other thing. So I do think all of that was just poorly planned. Where I, so yeah, I agree. They should have their own stadium, but I think they could have been smarter about, way more smarter about it, and it. it, it just done it when when everything was right, because yeah. it was what like over a hundred twenty something million, I think, to build it. Do you know if there was any government funding? Nope, they no. didn't want to help. Not even mm. with the roads. They said like not even that they were trying to get because I think they said there's only like one road, and the traffic's a bitch. I don't know. I never. I never been there. That, so that this sounds familiar to like uh, I don't know if you guys watched the NFL, but uh, the Rams owner he was kind of like in a similar similar situation. He had like a lot of land in LA, but yeah. the difference is this guy's a multi billionaire and he paid it all himself. Ah, wow. damn! <laughs> it, it just fucks and cranky. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from St. Louis. He took the St. Louis Rams from L.A. Oh. And, yeah, he, like, completely screwed the city over. Uh, the Rams were, like, the worst team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, like, the attendance was so, like, high, like, crazy high. Like, it's an NFL town, and he said it wasn't. So the city sued him after he moved him, and the city won, like, 700-something million in the lawsuit. But they settled. Like, they literally could take him to the court and, like, won in the billions. Mm. And the NFL don't like them because they had to split the lawsuit costs amongst NFL owners. But uh, yeah, speaking of stadiums, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at Cruz Azul. 
they told them, hey, you guys got to move out. We're going to knock this place down. We're going to build something else. Yep. They moved to Azteca, and then Atlanta moves in. Gotcha, bitch. And doesn't Azul get more fans in Azteca than America? Probably. Smith, rumors. I think, I think, I, I believe it. That's embarrassing for America. It's just like when Chivas come to town, we, we fill that bitch up, man. But uh, Cruz Azul, got to give them their flowers. They they beat Tigres at, on the road, fair and square. Santi Jimenez with the game-winning penalty kick. And uh, Cordoba and Tauvin had a, had some goals for, for Tigres. But, uh, yeah. It was a good game. The other good game was Santos versus... Monterrey, very controversial. A lot of penalties. A lot of crying afterwards from Monterrey fans. Monterrey fans. Even Vucetich got in trouble. I think he got suspended for for complaining. This guy, they they arm him. They spend so much money for that team. Like they they got Verterame. They got that guy, that Ecuadorian from Emelec. And they got Aguirre from Necaxa. And he's still crying. And then we got Joel making excuses for him. <laughs> King Midas, I don't know, man. Not anymore. Biggest myth, biggest myth ever. He had Chupete and Chelito. Man, this guy always had stacked teams. He's not a good coach. I saw in the comments uh, for the team, they were calling him Busetich, like B-U-S. Mm-hmm. Timmy parks the bus. Man, they were they were calling them a lot of names. They were funny, but that's the one that stuck out the most. But I mean, it, it's been just one game, man. I, I, I think people get very critical early on. Well, as it stands right now, Super Camote Power in first place with three mm-hmm. points. Toluca, Pachuca, Santos, Cruz Azul, Leon. From there, Tijuana, Pumas, America, Atlas, Chivas, Juarez, and then the losers. Both Monterrey teams with zero points. San Luis with zero points. Mazatlán, Necaxa, and Querétaro. So as of right now, those are the standings, but that will change, obviously, over the course of, of the season with, with a lot of two, uh, two, two matches a week and all that. I'm sure fatigue will, will come into play. Um, it's a quick tournament this season, right? a quick one mm-hmm. i remember having that issue during the apertura where some of the ligia games would, would clash with um with uh, the posadas that we'd have to do around the christmas time mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, i can't go man she wasn't playing ligia i can't i can't do the posada today <laughs> won't be the case this year um, but that's all I have on the docket, guys. Do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap up episode 341? Wait, what? I said, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I think the season has just begun. I see a lot of criticism early on. I, I would wait the usual four to five games before I start hanging people or, or you know, Start throwing the rotten tomatoes. Uh, mm-hmm. As for the youth, I guess we'll see what happens. And I think 
FMF's not going to say much about it. Uh, they're going to wait till after the World Cup and then see see what kind of tournament has. Because if Mexico has a good tournament, people are going to forget everything about the youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I missed this news. I knew that some of the FMF people in Europe trying to promote something, talking about how they, they're good at developing talent, which ended up being funny, <laughs> being knocked out, you know, the irony. But I, I, I do think if, if they don't, if they, if they don't have a good tournament in Qatar, I do think they're going to announce, like, all these changes. You know, they're going to appease the people. They'll probably bring in some, some fancy name. I would bring Peckerman, dude. Put him in charge of all the youth teams. He's been in Mexico before. He has a really good track record as a coach. When he was at Tigres, I always thought, was he at Tigres or at Toluca? He was at Toluca. He did well. And I was like, they should, they, they need to hand the, the national team to this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and they just overlooked him. But um, if he's available, I, I will go after him. He seems to know a thing or two. Um, but yeah, I, I think right now it's just going to be a waiting game, and and anything selection related is going to have to wait till after the tournament. And then they usually they usually like they do the um, what is it called? Uh, like when they sh- they preview, they do like a preview of of like what's to come. Oh, we're going to do this, this, and that. Um, but I, I do think they should be trying to host a tournament and or even like qualifiers, like Olympic qualifiers, and then maybe try to host like an under-20 World Cup. I, I do think that uh, they should be cutting for some stuff like that. I'm just glad that the best league on the Western Hemisphere returned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. MLS back in action. I'm just kidding. No, come on, come on. You just ruined the whole night, man. <laughs> Chicharito scored. Orale. Oh, we, have, uh, we have uh, a Mexican striker playing in Cincinnati that might come to Chivas. Oh, man. And Tecatito might be going to Nashville. So I, I see what you mean, bro. Disgusting. No, but it was, the lead, this first week, it was good, pretty good games aside from that Chivas and America game. My other ones lived up, and uh, just I'm tired of watching these these shit RG games. So I'm glad Liga MX is back, and watch out for Mosumbito. He's the next Guatemoc, Sage, Lukaku, Benzema in America. Right? We'll see. Uh, Al Pastor, you got any closing thoughts for us? Yes. Hot take. Yes, I just want to say how. Uh, Atlas won El Bicampeonato from that Santos-Monterrey game with that foul that was going to be called by VAR, VAR. We can tell that Santos, the other organic team, is going to win the championship. So welcome back to the Liga Más Corrupta of the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> so here we go again. Most entertaining league, but there's a reason why. You can't have one without the other. It's entertaining, but there's a lot of shitty shit going on, but I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. Uh, Thank you, gentlemen, for hopping on tonight. Always a pleasure. And we will see what happens this week. We'll see how the drama continues with Chivas. Will they find a striker? Will trophies return? 
It's like a novella every week. I love it, but appreciate you guys, and we will catch y'all next week.